0: Uh, do you know? Um, <laughs> we will never want for content uh, while Russia exists.
1: Mm. You know, Um, hate <laughs> that the truth? Fucking boy, hell. while they're Russia. out
0: there doing their thing, we will have a steady stream of content for this little, our little cast here. While Russia just <laughs> is allowed to carry on doing their thing. <laughs> <sighs> we
1: could do seasons on Russia. I'm sure. Oh, what is it? I'm certain a there's, there's dark, dark place.
0: there's, there's an episode. <laughs> just based on fucking <laughs> uh, messed up things to have come out of mother russia jack jacksky of all Graveski will do will do one episode on um on ridiculous <laughs> I
1: like that sounds like more polish but you know nah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's fine. Yes, we'll
1: figure it out when we come to that.
0: Yes, uh, this week in R- Russian fucking news. <laughs> <laughs> so we've, we've uh, this is like the inverse of one of our favorite uh, pet topics: consensual mm. cannibalism. Uh, cool. This week in uh, in Russia, news on the exact opposite: some non-consensual cannibalism um, uh, from the seemingly most unusual and most unlikely of places. A eighty-one-year-old. I hesitate to use the term lady. Uh, Sofia Zhukova died, unfortunately, this week in a Russian cell of COVID. Um, Sofia's other name was the Granny Ripper, okay? <laughs> yes, indeed.
1: Uh, I mean, that's pretty metal. Uh, yeah,
0: it is. It certainly is. <laughs> it certainly is. Uh, Sofia, the Granny Ripper, 81, uh, who earned her name, uh, as you would imagine, for murders, um, but in a more colourful way, she made. Snacks, mate. Gummy snacks from uh, some of her victims and gave them to people. You know, I
1: love the word snacks. And right now you're kind of, (laughs) you're ruining it for me a little bit.
0: Not these snacks, you wouldn't. Um, Mm. Yeah, I mean, to quote from the press, evidence against her includes the fact that when she was arrested, they found human intestines in her fridge. Um, I want...
1: See, this is one of those things where like they'll write that in an article and I want to know a thousand more things about that. Yes. Like, was it just sitting in there like there was just a bloody intestine sprawled out? Like, was it in a Tupperware? <laughs> like, how was it like it? Was it cooked? Yeah. Was Well, so many questions.
0: Um, The victim of the serial killer, Gran, dubbed the Russian Sweeney Todd, include an eight year old girl. Who was murdered by the OAP for playing too noisily and for annoying her by throwing ice cream at her. Um The, the OAP? Oh, that's a British acronym. OAP, old age pensioner. Oh <laughs> that not not one you've heard?
1: No, I don't think we really use the word pensioner.
0: It's a here. cultural exchange, ladies and gentlemen. Jack of all grace. Yeah,
1: cultural exchange. And we've already we've already kicked Yo, off, not, th- not
0: three minutes into the episode, an OAP. Um <laughs> she was finally brought to justice after uh, somebody agreed to rent a room in her apartment, uh, and uh, this guy vanished in January of last year. Um,
1: oh, well, that's just sloppy.
0: Exactly, exactly. She'd obviously gotten a little bit comfortable, a little bit long in the tooth. A spokesman at the Russian investigative directorate in the Khabarovsk territory... Yeah. Um, criminologists discovered <laughs> knives and sores on which they discovered traces of the blood of the victim. She was arrested for murder and put in pretrial detention as the investigation continued. Um, every, every place in Russia sounds so Russian. She died in hospital number 10 in Khabarovsk.
1: It really does. <laughs> it really does. It's, I mean, everything about this story is about as Russian as you can imagine. Why... Was did was she just bored? Like she ran out of meat? Uh, like what? Oh
0: my god! It gets, why was she doing this? It gets more Russian the more you go on. Local said oh no. the woman had spent years working as a labourer and was strong for her age, and often. Of course she was. <laughs> and often carried an axe with her. Um.
1: <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> <What>? <laughs>
0: Uh, neighbors. She
1: just carried. She just an axe. An axe.
0: Uh, neighbors had often complained about her killing local cats, but had never suspected her of also killing people.
1: Ah! Uh, mm. So nobody in Russia has ever read about a serial killer yeah. ever. Then I, 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 people start with the cats. It's always the cats. This... There's a whole Netflix documentary about that. Did you ever see that? I did. Don't see, fuck with cats. I did see.
0: Don't fuck with cats. Um, uh, very very interesting. I was actually aware of that case about that guy way before that documentary. Um. Being, you know, plugged in to, to Reddit and the internet as I am. I knew about that guy long yep. before that talk. I mean, it was a I yeah. um, little bit more about the, A uh, little bit more about the Ripper Granny. Um, one local identified only by her first name, Tatiana, said, Would you like me to do the accent?
1: Oh, yes. come on. We
0: always found it strange that despite being surly and unfriendly, she would often find the time to cook things for local <laughs> children. Oh, no. Yep, there were always meat dishes. Sometimes she gave them to the adults. She bought me and my husband plates with jellied meat. No. I'm going to drop the accent now. Jellied yeah, meat? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, jellied meat. Uh, she added, I'm going to drop uh, the accent in case it's offensive. I remember it well because my husband <laughs> said, let's not eat it. You never know what it was made from. And now it looks like he was right.
1: Oh my God. Good shit. Like, Also, I like the way she says it. Like, oh, it turns out he was right. So when he said you never know what it was made of, mm. he was thinking human not cat maybe cat i don't like, know like still either way she said he was right that says to me <laughs> that he was like there might be people in that remember she had that roommate we haven't seen in a while yeah. like maybe let's not eat the jellied meat which also that in and of itself like in america i think we gave up on jellied meat in like the 1960s yep, kind of i don't know about russia
0: tinned jellied meats but, yeah Ugh. that's that's
1: i that's I not your I first an choice of is it? chopped where they had like a can of like a, a turkey in a can or something, and it came out, and it looked like it was being birthed from the can, <laughs> like just covered uh, in goop. Oh, that's yeah, annoying. it was horrifying. So I think <laughs> no matter where the meat came from, mm. the situation would have said to me, don't eat it.
0: To jelly meat, though, to effectively, I'm, I listen, I'm not a fucking chef or a meat jelliest or whatever that mm. m- might be, but you've got to prepare a meat <laughs> to get it efficiently jelly, don't you? It doesn't come off the bone like that.
1: Yeah, no, and this is a, this is interesting because not only was she killing people and cats and whatnot, Mm -hmm. carrying her axe, doing her dark bidding, whatever was happening, she (laughs) made a hobby of it. Like, (laughs) enough that she was cooking things for people, I wonder, was she, like, getting off on the fact that she was getting people to eat whatever things she had killed? Well, Uh, like...
0: What we know—it doesn't
1: feel like just hiding the evidence. I don't know. We know or about. Maybe it was. Maybe uh,
0: our boy Armin Muse You know, he—he he yeah. was all about living that kind of that that long-term fantasy, that long-term urge to get people to eat parts of him. He, you know, he—he—he—it yeah. was mission accomplished for him. He loved it. I can only assume. Rather than taking out an advert, our girl, uh, you know, she, she 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 took another path.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's it's it is it's completely the inverse of the other one where he was like consensual. Like, I don't you know, I want us all to be in on this together. Mm. Let's eat each other, whatever. And this lady seemed to get something of a thrill out of hacking people up and then feeding them unknowingly. To
0: people because she
1: could have just thrown them away. Like if you just yes, cook something yes. and toss it like. Yeah, but she gave it to people.
0: Yes. And, and that's that's what brings her really into Joag territory, isn't it? I mean fucking hell. Axe-wielding, cat-murdering Russian grandmas a ten a penny. You, I'm sick of hearing about them, if I'm honest. But...
1: It's just a... Yeah, it's a cliche off. at yeah. this point.
0: Don't bore me. But when you jelly, <laughs> when you jelly the, the meats and offer them to your neighbours, would like some jellied meats? Uh, that's when... This
1: season on the Great Russian Baker.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. Um, as, a, as an aside, uh... There is another, I, I don't know if Russian kind of old lady serial killers, if, if you need to be, if, if Russia needs to be a little bit more imaginative with their nicknames, but there is another Russian granny ripper um, who's arrested in July 2015. Uh, oh, it's
1: not even like an old story. They just forgot they had another one.
0: Yeah, there's, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so There's so many granny rippers, they just, yep. just keep popping them out. Uh, that's Tamara Samsonova. Very similar Um, MO, very similar uh, you know, seeming cases She's also cooking people? Not not so much cooking, but um, there's CCTV of this other granny ripper um, carrying body parts around in a saucepan she cooked a head Mm. uh, and uh, like I said, very similar MO Um, Yeah, two granny rippers in Russia recently
1: Listen, Mark. Mm. You know what they say: if you slow down, you die. That's so true. It's true. they're just keeps you young. They're just keeping going, and you gotta respect it.
0: Did I ever tell you about my trip to Moscow?
1: Tell me about it.
0: I went to Moscow. Went to Moscow. Uh, it would have been uh, maybe around about 2010. Uh, it had always fascinated me, and uh, Laura and I spent uh, a fortnight out there. Um, and I came away from there thinking, how the fuck does that place function how on earth do they get by (laughs) for a start i didn't understand anything that was going on at any point right And i'd I'd sort of committed to myself before going right mark you're not gonna have a fucking clue what's happening out here uh but laura and i would leave our hotel every morning at like half seven eight o'clock to go and do touristy stuff to go to red square and, and all that and for a start the subway was made of wood uh wood yeah 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 like an old roller coaster. No, it was it was the the fucking train was was mostly wood, uh, and every morning without fail it was f- the streets the city streets were full of business suited men and and women carrying their briefcases all on their way to work, and everyone was fucking drinking a tin man. Everyone was pulling on a fucking <laughs> tin of lager on their way into work at fucking eight in the morning.
1: I shit you I not. I mean, if you could, wouldn't you?
0: Hey, I work from home, so, Well you know, it's easy. Point. Oh, my camera. Uh, am I on mute? <laughs> you know what I mean? Just have a quick <laughs> pull on my tin.
1: <laughs> this is just a socially accepted element of Moscow life.
0: Yes. I don't know. I, I, again, that was a good uh, decade, if not more, ago. So I don't know if, uh, if it's still like that, but fucking hell, man. It was gray, it rained, and everyone was drinking tins at eight in the morning. And somewhere out there with two old women swinging axes around their fucking tenement block (laughs) or whatever.
1: Who knows how many grandma rippers, granny rippers you passed on your commute?
0: Who knows? Welcome to Jack of All Graves. Um, I think that might be my horror fetish, in fact.
1: My favorite genre of horror movie is Boats. Oh, I find a feather in my garden today. It must have been an angel. I almost punched a little kid at kamikaze who was dressed as a zombie because it scared the shit out <laughs> of me. Cory,
0: exactly. movies are too goddamn long, right? One hour and 28
1: minutes is a perfect movie.
0: This is this is it. This is for me. Now I'm in. my focus. I'm, I'm fucking in. Um,
1: what's a Fortnite...
0: A fortnight is a period of time lasting 2 weeks.
1: Okay, that's what I thought. Okay. Is that does,
0: is that not common parlance across the pond?
1: Absolutely not. I think the only time I've ever like in a not British context heard it was little women.
0: Fucking hell. So, if you want to describe a period of time lasting 2 weeks, what do you call it? 2 weeks. <laughs> i knew that was coming as soon as i started that sentence i knew where that You're was like gonna yeah,
1: go yeah that's it's gonna be exactly that we're very straightforward <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a fortnight. Um, uh, although i was listening i watched this thing on um instagram the other day i almost sent it to you uh but someone had posted it was like mouths on a map uh and one was american and one was british and they were talking about mm. Like naming things, um, and amongst it, w- what do you call a sidewalk? Pavement. That right, like that was the first one, <laughs> in it. And it was just like trying to figure out why we call things what they are. And the Americans are like, well, you know, you walk on it, and it's like on the. You side. walk on we the call side. It a sidewalk.
0: <laughs> you know, i never made that connection before. That literally has just landed, because you walk on the walk on the side on the
1: side of the road, so it's a sidewalk. Yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Yeah, the pavement, mate. That's the pavement. pavement. Would you mind telling uh uh, would you mind repeating for me the word that I just used to describe your new footwear?
1: Daps (laughs) Was that hit? It was. I was like, that can't be right. (laughs) (laughs) That is not like why do I sound like Marge Simpson to you? (laughs) Daps. Um. I was like, that can't be right, because dap is like the blue sticky stuff that you use to hold stuff on the wall. I was like, I must, I think I've just Im- interchanged those words.
0: I know, interestingly, um, this is maybe where we've oversimplified the terminology, because that stuff you've just described, the blue stuff you use to tack stuff on the wall, we call it blue tack. Oh. So, <laughs> so there you go.
1: I guess, uh, yeah, you, we're not the only ones who've, who can be very straightforward about things.
0: It, we've said it since day one. This is cultural, right? Mm-hmm. This is a cultural exchange, uh, and I'm richer <laughs> for being a part of it.
1: Here, here. So, mm. hey, episode nineteen. We're still, we're learning more and more mm-hmm. each week. Uh, pretty soon, you won't be able to tell us apart when we speak. I, uh,
0: I, I, I'm not sure. I know now where I end and <laughs> <New> you begin. <laughs> <laughs> what do we? What do we? Um... What are we talking uh, about this week? This week, Mark. Mm. We are
1: talking about stage managing our own deaths.
0: Of course. Yes, of course, of course, of course. And it, it seems very uh, appropriate given that this weekend would have been uh, would have been Bowie's what 75th, 74th birthday? Something like that. So it was that. five it was 5 years since David <coughs> Bowie's death. He died yes. just after His 69th birthday, I think. So I'm literally counting on my fingers. Uh, So it's five years since his death. He would have been 74. And I know we mentioned, was it last week we mentioned this first? Was it last week or the week before?
1: You're asking a lot of my memory right now, Mark. Uh,
0: Yeah, same, same, same. But I mean, whether or not uh, David Bowie, and in particular his last album, Black Star, whether or not it was a carefully stage-managed... Uh, released to coincide with his own death is still is 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 disputed okay there is is some ambiguity yeah it is it is it is there's some ambiguity about whether or not his album was timed to release around his death um uh, a, a documentary that was shown in the BBC I think it was the year after he died um does state that um he only knew Bowie only knew his condition was terminal like three months before he died, okay, so, so he would have uh, already
1: you know, been doing this album, yes,
0: yes, yes, yes,
1: and then okay.
0: Um, but that, that you know, be that as it may, you can't, you know, it, it, it you can't avoid the suspicion that the sense of mortality, sense of your own em- em- encroaching mortality, sense of, of your days running short, and it does, it, it permeates that album. Uh, you know, at a, at, a, at a molecular level, and that really has got me thinking. You know, it, just like that question that that I asked some weeks back: Are we, are we the only animal that's aware of our own death? <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and <laughs> Alan, my brother, sent me. Uh, it's a running joke, right? In are you aware of Alan Partridge in the states? Do you know the character Alan Partridge?
1: Um i would say in no. general in the united states no so i would explain <laughs> if you're going to uh, reference this i'm, a,
0: I'm about <laughs> to yeah i mean uh for my money alan partridge is one of if not the best uh long-running comedy character that britain has ever produced right he's been around for about 25 years and he's grown and he's evolved and his most recent incarnation sees him hosting a a, a shit regional phone-in radio show in his in his home city of norwich um And one of the features of that radio show is he asks the most inane fucking scatological shit questions of his audience. And then people just ring in and give a cursory answer. Alan sent me a picture of Alan Partridge in response to my question. Are we the only animal that's aware of its own death? Because it does sound like something Alan Partridge would say. (laughs) But uh, that then took me down the rabbit hole of thinking, uh, you know, again where where I struggle for meaning in life is if everything ends, then what's the point? But maybe the point is that everything ends and the yeah. fact that we're aware of our own death it gives if you're if you're artistically inclined, if you're a creator, if you're someone you know who, it gives you it gives you it gives you the potential to use it to make a statement, to say something, doesn't it it gives you yeah. if if you're rushing towards an end point and if you're aware that you're rushing towards an end point. Does that provide creative impetus? Does that provide an artistic, uh, you know, because look, if you're going to say something, surely knowing that you're going to die, it, it, it's if you're going to fucking say it, you better fucking say it then. Yeah, surely. there's a if sense gonna, of urgency, certainly. Yes, yes. Um, and I, and I, I don't know, I, I, I think there's something there to discuss. I really do. The, the, you know, every discipline of art is full of examples of people who've done who've tried to do just that, you know? Um,
1: yeah. I, by total happenstance today, um, I was looking at a friend's Letterboxd or just kind of looking at Letterboxd in general, which if you're not familiar with Letterboxed, it is like a movie tracking and review mm. site. So basically every time you watch a movie, you can log it and like give it a rating, review it if you want, whatever. Um, and so I was looking at this and a friend had uh, reviewed this movie called Dick Johnson is Dead. And I actually didn't know what it was about. She had written in her review something about um, this being an interesting portrait of like Seventh-day Adventists. And she doesn't see a lot of Seventh-day Adventists and popular culture and things like that. And she had grown up that mm-hmm. way. So I legitimately just was going to watch it because I was like, oh, interesting I'm always interested in like documentaries about like religious things like that and groups mm. of religious people. And then it turned out what this documentary is actually uh, is that Dick Johnson's daughter who is making this, her name's Kirsten Johnson. she um, had lost her mother to dementia. She had died like seven or eight years before, I think, and her father now had dementia and she decided okay. to document. I mean not so she's documenting the process of him dying sort of but what she's really doing is trying to grapple with losing him who is kind of her best friend through Mm -hmm. recording it and not just making a straight documentary but instead they kind of set up all these kind of comical death scenes for him and they hire like stunt guys to come in and play him so they'll kind of swap him out in the middle of a shot with a stunt guy so like uh the beginning of the movie, I seriously like I didn't quite get the premise yet. And I shrieked because like the opening of the movie, he's sort of like walking down the street and uh you hear someone go like, whoa, whoa, and an air conditioner falls and like smashes him and he like falls down dead on the ground. And I was like, Oh whoa Is this how the guy died? Like was this is this like they're uh, showing you I in the beginning watch, and yeah. then we're gonna go to the like the process mm-hmm. of this. And then over the course of this documentary. There's various other ways, like he's walking down the street and a constru- construction worker like swings, a you know, something around, hits him with a nail in the neck and he's bleeding out on the side and just very silly things like that. And then also some very moving parts of it. So he has um, he has like messed up toes that he's been ashamed of his entire life. Um, they're nice. not really like toes. They're just kind of like these stubs that kind of look folded over. And he's like his entire yeah. life just been Horribly ashamed of them. So being a Seventh-day Adventist, someone who believes in Jesus, believes in resurrection, um, in the Seventh-day Adventist belief, basically when someone dies, you are for a time like sleeping, essentially. Right. And everyone who's died is sleeping. And then eventually all of them will be resurrected at once. So they're not in yeah. heaven now. There will come a time when they're resurrected. Okay. <clears throat> so okay. There's a scene in this where Jesus is like meeting him and he's sort of sitting on the throne and he's pouring stuff over his feet. And then, you know, they swap out someone else's and you see like these whole feet you know, with toes that he's always wanted and him just sort of like beaming and like this celebration with Jesus as his, his feet are restored. Or there's another scene um, where it's like this very dreamlike sequence where it's a dance mm. sequence and Seventh-day Adventists aren't allowed to dance. Um, so it's a dance sequence between him and his deceased wife, but it's portrayed wow. by actors wearing these big sort of cardboard heads of him and his wife and then sometimes it sort of swaps out and it is him so he takes off like this cardboard head of himself and it's him but he's looking at this head of his wife and kind of beaming at her uh and it's just this way you know as she's talking about it throughout this movie of both sort of trying to uh lighten the mood Mm. (laughs) around death um but also like grapple with the hard truths of it, and they in fact have they set up a fake funeral for him, um, in Seattle where Whoa. he's from before he moves to New York, and people talk about him at it as he's watching, um, and like they're falling apart. I mean, it is it is hard to watch. It's just so so sad. Um, but at the same time, he gets to see this, which appeals to me. I like this mm. idea. Um, but it really is kind of the process of. Making something that will last forever, yes. especially as someone who is losing their memory, and preserving mm. a memory of them, but through this whimsy, it was, to me, just a really interesting. Like this is stage managing your death, yes, or literally. or your daughter stage managing your death for you. Mm. But you know what I mean, like, a- mm. and watching that was really. They talked to all these people throughout this this documentary as well and who are kind of incidental like people who are carers um people who uh like a stunt guy who they're uh, auditioning or whatever and ask them like what are, what do you feel about death he goes to visit his like college crush in california and they talk to her about her feelings on death just sort of casually wow. it's really really interesting uh to watch and and to think about, like, if you had, if you knew, you know, if you had this time, what statement would you make? Or what memory would you want to leave behind? Uh, or or yes. how would you want to deal with your own demise? What attitude would you want to have towards it? You know?
0: Yeah, it, that, that strikes me as massively empowering. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. You can't, I mean, you can't tell. I, I, I don't think there's anyone who hasn't. At one point, idly kind of wondered, oh, "I wonder who'd come to my funeral. I wonder what right. I wonder what that would be like." Everybody fucking thinks about that at some point.
1: Absolutely. Um,
0: but you know, the the this guy seems to have used the the like I say that creative impetus, that that end point, knowing that that end point is 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 arriving to just to fucking find out to to yeah. explore it, you know, to to get the front foot on <clears> it and <throat> to find out for himself. I think that's wonderful.
1: And one of the interesting things about it, too, is that the the movie constantly tricks us because Mm. they're constantly showing this staged death. Right. And sometimes you're not sure whether you're seeing that he actually died or not. Mm. And at the Mm. end of the movie, it doesn't say it's like 1930, whatever to and then it's open. And I don't know if that's because he's still alive or because they have chosen to make this sort of memory as this lasting thing. And that's a statement on the fact that, you know this preserves I... some memory of him
0: what was this man's profession what did he do he's a life? psychiatrist was his... it's interesting so so not a film not a filmmaker not necessarily no
1: his daughter his daughter is a filmmaker so... right, right and she right, right, actually right. like if you've ever seen citizen 4 she is um mm-hmm. she's did camera on citizen 4 uh which is about um edward snowden um mm-hmm. and yeah so she is She's a filmmaker and, you know, they kind of talk about that coming out of Seventh Day Adventists also traditionally don't watch movies and her becoming a filmmaker uh, in spite of that is part of the story as well. Um, But I think one of one of the things in this that really struck me um, was there was this quote that she had in it um, and she said, uh, it would be so easy if loving only gave us the beautiful. But what loving demands Mm. is that we face the fear of losing each other, that when it gets Mm. messy, we hold each other close. And when we can, we defiantly celebrate our brief moments of joy, which I think kind of summarizes that kind of ethos around. it. And this thing that comes up constantly, especially when he's talking to the the crush from college. They're both old. They're both wrinkly. They're joking about how old they are and things like that. And they very much look at it as, you know, this death is part of what makes us humans. Yeah. you know and that is something that we have to deal with and it just is you know they're very mm. matter of fact about like you know it it just is what it is but this idea of defiantly celebrating our brief moments um you see I don't know, that, that really stands, strikes me
0: you've absolutely hit the nail on the head there. it's it's defiant celebration it's right. empowering it's you know knowing when that end point is it gives you all the excuse you need to kind of cast away the 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 kind of the trivial bullshit of the that you may have concerned yourself with over the last 60 50 70 years or whatever and right. really just focus on on exploring that idea exploring what it is i mean in in all of the examples that i've looked at in all of the research i've done it's been the overwhelming uh takeaway is that people use it as an excuse to do what they've done always but to do it Almost with a renewed drive, almost with a renewed right. kind of fury,
1: mm-hmm. even even
0: even in non-creative fields. Um, very recently, there there was a, a, a journalist or journalist of some renown here in the UK by the name of Steve Hewlett, and mm-hmm. uh, he during his career he worked across print, he worked across he worked for in quite high-ranking positions at the BBC and Channel Four um, in newspapers like the Guardian. Uh, and in 2016, he was diagnosed with esophageal cancer. OK. And he wrote about it extensively for his old newspaper, The Guardian, published very regular uh, diaries mm. and uh, was interviewed very, very regularly by one of his old colleagues on Radio 4's kind of flagship news programme today. Every every few weeks they would interview uh, Steve Hewlett on the, the, the lived experience of. Of, of suffering with the disease like he did you know mm. talking in, in uh, disarming frankness about his chemo about paying for kind of you know uh, experimental treatments he would be interviewed alongside his family um, it was a really thorough chronicle of that end to end experience of living and dying with with that disease and like I said it gives <coughs> it gives almost a, a drive in some people to do what they've done but to do it with more yeah commitment a, a, qu- a quote from him I I saw my condition as a bit of a story, you know, disarmingly frank. But as a journalist, mm-hmm. yeah, he saw totally. what, what is he likely to see? He saw the story behind it, and yeah, he
1: saw it in the frame and, of his life's work.
0: Yes, yes, and told it as such. Um,
1: That's. Do you think if is... if you found out tomorrow mm. that you were dying, yes, on this podcast, or would you start something yes. else, or something like that? Would you want to log it like that? Right? Would you want to would you want to go through that process with people or would you keep it to yourself
0: it's a very interesting question uh, right I mean right now <clears throat> I suspect being who I am I would probably want to use this as a mouthpiece to talk it through I think yeah. um I mean you know we, we've had conversations about this before but I, I it, do, it doesn't feel weird to admit it, but uh, fixated is the wrong word. But I, I I think about my demise a lot. I think about my demise right. quite often, most days, if you must know. And I've got a plan, you know? Yeah. I, I've i kind of thought about how I would stage manage my last days and my funeral, for example.
1: Mm-hmm. Um.
0: But, but I think that's... Believe it or not, I'm quite a fucking theatrical guy, right? You might be <laughs> no, shocked to hear. But... I know. Uh... So, yeah, yeah, I... I Obviously, you can't ever know that without being in the situation, but I suspect i would I would bang on about it endlessly to anyone who'd listen <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, i mean i think I think I feel the same way interested like in watching in watching this like the way that he did the sort of living funeral appeals to me, and I've always kind of liked that idea, mm. and as we've mm. kind of you know become a more social media oriented age and things like that. And I've seen people blog about, you know, Mm. their the process of the end of their life. I've always found something about that that is appealing to me, you know, and and I don't know. It's interesting because I don't know. Sometimes that can be like some people are very inspiring when they write Mm. about like their uh impending death and it's like oh well, this person helped me dealt with it because they were so optimistic or things like that and i don't know yeah. if that would be my attitude but whatever my attitude was you know if i found out i was dying i feel like i would i would be interested in people knowing about that and i wonder i don't know i'm always torn between whether mm. i would like to have a legacy or whether i would like to be forgotten so, so that is, is part of it where part of me is like, it would be something that I could leave that people could see about me and and kind of maybe there's a part of me that goes on even when I'm not here. And I think, you know, that is often a human instinct. Um, Mm. And yet there's a part of me that kind of is a finds it appealing to fade away.
0: Explore that for me a little, if you would, because I don't think I've ever heard anyone say that. I don't think I've ever heard anyone say there's a part of me that wants to be forgotten.
1: I know. It's a weird, it's a weird impulse. And I don't know that I can totally explain it, except that, I don't know, I guess there's so much. People are complicated. I'm a complicated person. There's a lot of things that I've always thought, like, I've kept journals my entire life. And uh, when I was in high school, my friend Chelsea and I had this deal that we called "burn the cabinet," uh, because she had a cabinet that she kept in her bedroom that had like all of like the her journals and like things like that that kept her delete my search history. Delete my search history exactly, but this is before that would have been a thing on our radar. So Mm. you know, burn the cabinet was what we always said. Like, if I die, you go and you burn the cabinet, right? Okay. And the idea of leaving behind that this is honestly, when I think about like dying suddenly or things like that, that's the thing that stresses me out the most is leaving (laughs) this paper trail of my (laughs) thoughts because my thoughts are not things I want people to remember about me. Um, Mm. like you know, like my thoughts are are uh, crazy and weird and I don't need people getting all up in my head Uh, so part of it I think is just feeling like if I were just to sort of disappear to be an anonymous grave I've always kind of liked the idea of being the anonymous grave in the cemetery that says something funny on it so that people laugh when they pass by it but you don't necessarily have to know who Corrigan Edmondson was.
0: Yet aren't we all memorializing ourselves? About 50 times a day with our tweets and with our social posts.
1: Yep. Yeah. Talk no, and you can't delete Talk about leaving a fucking paper trail. No. <laughs> yeah. Believe Trust it. me. As someone who is very into live journal, I am extremely yeah. aware of the yeah. paper trail that I left behind. Uh, mm. And I often think I should just delete all of this. But as a person who's still living for my own memory, I like to go back to things. I like to relive mm. my thoughts I just don't want mm. anyone else to
0: you know now now now. you fucking think about it um, I'm not sure I'd want if I so okay if I, if I were to croak in the next kind of four or five years I don't I don't want my kids growing up and just flicking through my tweets to get an idea of the kind <laughs> of fucking fella right
1: that, uh, what was that dad that like? the old man
0: was you know <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: that like the things that we i mean and i guess this is part of why this this curation and this stage managing of death is appealing is partly because we have so little control over i mean we had we could have had control over what we put out there but Mm. there's so much that we've kind of put out that we're not thinking about this on a regular basis and maybe that isn't the person that
0: before i hit send every time i'm not like this is what i'm putting out there into the world (laughs) <laughs> to, to, this is Every yeah. tweet is ever my see, legacy like,
1: Yeah when like a celebrity dies Or something like that and you look at like what their last Tweet was like sometimes it's mm. something that's Like very appropriate or whatever you're like oh it's kind Of sweet or whatever and other times it's like Someone talking about like big booty hoes or something <laughs> And you're like oh no Oh no big booty
0: hoes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Like that's That could be the thing that you go Out on I'm going to um, try
0: for a couple of weeks right I'm going to try and think Of every tweet as <laughs>
1: If I this fucking could be die your tomorrow,
0: last. this is gonna be the one this will be the one that they look at oh, so poignant. Yeah.
1: Like if you died in this conversation right now, it would your last tweet would be about what how much you like Spider-Man.
0: Yeah, it was. It yeah. would it would be about how much But I'd be fine with that, Mark. Oh, yeah, he that's liked okay. Spider Man. He liked Spider-Man right. and video games. Yeah, that's fine.
1: Right, that's okay. It's fine. There's um, worse things to go out on. <laughs> my my last tweet would be about Eve Six Guy which mm. also is I really
0: must I really must listen to those. Um <laughs> but the, I mean there there are I again I've, I've done I've done the legwork here right and looked into this because it's it's fascinating to me and it, and you know history is replete with people in the face of death just doing what they fucking do Picasso for fuck's sake Pablo Picasso right his last major self-portrait. I mean, he had a few others uh, before he died, but his, his final major self-portrait was called Self-Portrait Facing Death, right? Wow. Uh, and you look at that fucker and it looks like a, a, a self-portrait of someone facing death. It's just How crayon it's crayon on paper. Just a heart condition. Heart condition oh, okay. took him suddenly. But he was in his advancing years. He knew, you know, sure. he was in his 90s. Like, for uh... Oh, wow. Yeah. So, you know,
1: yeah, we yeah. only have a matter of time.
0: And when you compare it to, you know, a lot of his other, because the guy was ridiculously prolific across loads of uh, styles of art and, and media. But it's robbed of all of the color that you see in his previous works. It's gray with these massive staring eyes. I'll, I'll post it and uh, I'll, I'll tweet it under uh, uh, this episode for people to have a look at uh, Picasso's self-portrait. We face can put in it there. in
1: our blog that we have now. There
0: there you go. Uh, that was subtle, by the way. Very smooth. It's uh,
1: <laughs> especially smooth when you point it out.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Rob it of its smoothness. Um, but it is. It's stark. It's staring. It's terrified. It. It. it it's. You know. You get a sense of death rushing at this guy. Mm. Um, fascinating stuff. People doing what they do. I mean, um, Freddie Mercury. Yes. Mm. Uh, i mean i'm i'm not i'm not the the hugest queen fan but you can't deny that the guy was fucking huge in yeah. in terms of his presence his talent his skill um and their their, their final album queen's final album Innuendo, <laughs> was was recorded when he was in the late stages of illness from hiv aids um and uh, the kind of i think it was their last single the show must go on the 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 whether they're apocryphal or not the stories of, of that song being recorded. You know, Brian May telling him, look, you know, Fred, I'm, wor- I'm worried that you're not going to be able to record this. You're in a lot of pain. You know, Mercury downs some vodka and fucking goes into the recording studio <laughs> and just destroys this gigantic right. fucking operatic vocal performance. People, artists doing what they do in the face of death, but with this fire lit under them. Um, yeah, yeah. It's, it's... I can only... I think any of us can only hope that... If you do get the drop on death, if you do, if you are lucky enough or unlucky enough, it's a poison chalice, I'm sure. Yeah. But if you're able to see it coming, uh, I'd love to think that that I would use it as opposed to hide from it.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, the other thing about that is always, you know, the very cliche live like you were dying thing. Like, do we really need? Why mm. is it? What is it about humans that we need to get to the point that we are actively on our way out to actually do any of this stuff. (laughs) Excellent point. (laughs) Like we, we are actively dying every single day. (laughs) We're moving towards it one way or another. And it's so hard to get ourselves into that mindset. I mean, I don't, I don't think I want to know when I don't want a diagnosis. I don't want to die slowly. Um, but, you know, I, I would like to use it if I did, but I wish that I could get myself to see myself as dying slowly now and do more of the things that I would do with that knowledge, armed with that knowledge.
0: It's a huge question, isn't it? Um, If you could if you could if you could if you could see if you if you could find out with certainty when and how you were going to check out, would you want to know?
1: Absolutely not. <laughs> I, I do not want to know. I don't want to know. I mean, I my thing on this is that, like, if, if I had a diagnosis of something and I knew it was going to kill mm. me, then mm. I would like to know when. That would mm. be, I would be like, if you could also tell me it is exactly this date and time, and I'd be like, okay, sweet. What do I got to do to, like, figure my shit out in this time? Do, like, whatever things I want to get done before then but if I were going to like if I had no sense of what that thing was that was going to kill me I would not want to know that because I would just dread it you know <laughs> like there was uh this this book um, actually I, I can never remember if it's from this book called The Dark 30 or if it's from one of the real scary stories book but mm-hmm. One of them had this story of this guy who was trying he knew that he was supposed to die at a certain hour uh, mm. and like a certain certain time. And so he and I think he knew somehow that it was he was supposed to get like hit by a train or something like that. Uh, so it was like very specific. And so, of course, like he was like, I'm just going to sit in my living room then because I can't get hit by a train in my living room and then the train mm. comes through the living room and kills him <laughs> and you know and it's just like that's it. he tried to beat it he tried to you know outrun it he dreaded it you know and mm. yet it still came for him what's the use in knowing about something that's just going to you know destroy your joy for the it's a, a pretty major
0: plot point in an early episode of red dwarf remember Red dwarf did that, yes, did that make its way across the pond um, um
1: again i think <laughs> i come from an anglophile family so yes, i watched do. it i know this i know this, so, I, know this. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how i watched it i just mm. know we watched a lot of it when i was a child
0: i'm su- i'm sure it's, it's a it's a a plot line which is all over sci-fi but i'm i'm, I'm surprised i haven't seen more of that particular plot because it's juicy so our, our guy lister uh, has a vision and sees himself dying in an accident uh and and like you said then then devotes all of his time and all of his energy to avoiding it not wearing the same clothes throwing the hat away that he was wearing at the time doing whatever he can to avoid it um what he couldn't avoid however was the slow descent into uh shitness that red dwarf took uh, over the years, um, <laughs> it's, to the point where I watch it now and cringe that I ever fucking Aww. found that funny. I fucking, and it's still going on. It's still yeah. happening. Red Dwarf, like a like a like a dog, three-legged dog with one eye that need that should have had the Cory treatment. You know what I mean? The fucking <laughs> <surge> <laughs> to the head. Red Dwarf still limps oh, no. along. Uh, yeah. Oh no. But yes, um, we, uh, uh, that's one of the sad things about Red Dwarf because it 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 used to it used to be despite being comedic a sitcom in space it had some really nice kind of uh, meaty sci-fi in it uh, uh, yeah. once upon a time mm-hmm. um I know some of that anymore.
1: stuff like gave me nightmares like it was it was kind of heavy at times so mm. i enjoyed yeah. i enjoyed that show um all this to say i just i feel like as a perfectly well not perfectly healthy uh as uh, Kristen says, the heart of Antiope and the lungs of Doc Holliday. But uh, (laughs) as a more or less healthy person, like if I knew I had some sort of countdown on me that said I was going to die soon uh, and Mm. there was no diagnosis to tell me why that was, I feel like Mm. I would be absolutely miserable in that time. Just, I don't think I could just wild out and be like, woo, let's have a great last week. like And just be like, this is really sad that I'm going to die.
0: Yeah, I mean, if if you if you were aware of a date and time but nothing else, that would yeah, be yeah, but no horrific. context. Yeah. Oh no, that would be horrible. <laughs> um, yeah, and well, then I if know, you I... had
1: context, but it wasn't like a long illness, like it was just like on this day you will be hit by a bus. Like oh, it would just. I be... need to know. Yeah,
0: I'd need to know a little bit more about. Can I? Can I trust the guy telling me? How do I know? Because if I know for sure, <laughs> yeah, and it's immutable, and there's no way around it. If it's like predestined and it's going to happen, then f- fuck it, work with it. You know, as as long <laughs> as I've got a couple of years. If it was like this afternoon, then no, uh, all right, bummer. But it's eventually going to be this to afternoon, one way or another. This hey, afternoon it? comes. It doesn't it? Yes, indeed. The <laughs> afternoon comes
1: around. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I yeah I I will always hold that I would like to not know and just like just go in my in my sleep. In fact, mm. one of in uh, an interview about Dick Johnson is dead. Uh, one of the interviewers pointed out he was like this was cut from the interview. You know when I ran it, but. Uh, Kirsten Johnson, the filmmaker, actually asked me, how would I like to die? And, you know, I said a, a brain aneurysm in my sleep, you know, and she responded, I I wish that for you. you know, And it's just like, what an interest, like, what a thing to ask someone, you know, mm. to casually ask if you're going to be, or how do you want to go? And then be like, I wish that for you. What a macabre <sighs> thing to say, but at the same time, like, no, I comforting. think that's, that's a,
0: a- Truly a lovely thing to wish somebody. I mean, what, yeah, what, what a sentiment. You know, what could be, what does everyone want at the end of the day, really, other than a good death? Didn't we <laughs> say, I mean, this is how Dr. Harold Shipman was able to get away with it for so long.
1: Yeah, Because that's on true. paper,
0: he was giving people yeah, something really, really valuable and worthwhile. A, a really a, a secure, comfortable, peaceful, painless death in their own homes.
1: Yeah, I mean, doesn't sound terrible until you realize it's non-consensual. But <laughs>
0: well, yeah, in theory, I mean, yeah,
1: yeah yes. it's it's what we all want for ourselves and for the people that we love. To just, uh, yeah.
0: Well, I think when I go, when I go, right, I would love it to be quietly in my sleep, like my granddad, and not screaming like his passengers.
1: Hey! Hey!
0: Thank you very much. <laughs> about three minutes ago, I knew I was gonna—I was gonna do that joke. It occurred to me that, that I'm never gonna get a better chance to do. It's like to if drop I were looking
1: back at the video, I'd see the moment your brain went. Oh. You would.
0: <laughs> oh.
1: <laughs> I know I'm closing this out.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but no, look, hey, I mean, all of all of all of this discussion and everything that I've read about this topic over the past few days has done nothing. But cement the certainty in my head that knowing that things are finite, I think, is a gift. I do. Mm-hmm. I think it, it marks us out yeah. from other beings. It marks us out from other creatures. And it 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 gives, I don't know, f- a framework. It gives structure. It gives something to our existence. The fact that it ends. There we go. There we fucking go, right? Um. I don't need therapy because I have this. This is that... Fucking hell, I don't think it would be overselling <laughs> this to say that this is actually, talking this through has 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 shown me some of that meaning that I've been lacking. The fact that it ends is what gives it meaning, Corrigan.
1: Well, okay. Fucking hell. You know how I feel about that, Mark.
0: I think you feel great about it.
1: I feel great about it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I think you're... I think you're right, and this is one of the gifts of not living in the evangelical world anymore. Is not mm. trying to escape that and find meaning in the fact of something afterwards and Just prolonging drag it,
0: drag it out artificially. Yeah, it yeah, out. Yeah,
1: yeah, but instead to know this is it, and mm. uh, you know, I gotta gotta do with it what I can. And it's been a
0: ju- it's it's been a journey getting to this point. I mean, fucking hell. It was only a few short months ago that I went to the worst spiritualist in the world. (laughs) And and I watched some fucking charlatan of a woman tell people that, yeah, it occurred to me then, and it stuck with me, right? How they did, they so strenuously tried their best to avoid the word dead. They never used the term dead or died. It was always passed to spirit. They've passed mm, the spirit. Mm-hmm. They're with me now and they've passed a the spirit. Would it be your uncle who's passed the spirit? Uncle, brother, granddad, passed a spirit. Uh, just say dead. Just say dead.
1: Right. Yeah. And there are multiple, you know, religious traditions that avoid that as well. I mean, it's like Christian science, I think, is, is like that where <laughs> you're not really supposed to die. Um, and oh, really? which also always causes problems when the founder eventually does die and then they're like we have to reason out how that happened um, but <laughs> you know various <laughs> traditions will try to to do anything to avoid that you know to give death any form of, of power or name it
0: did you know um, that you know Alphabet the company that owned Google yeah they actually have a a company, a department, a small kind of area of their business um, dedicated to exploring ways of prolonging human consciousness after death.
1: What? I'm
0: fucking telling you. Hang on a second. Okay. Right, listen, I'm going to I'm gonna open with that next week, right? Okay. Because um, even as I've said it, I'm wondering if it was true. I'm sure okay. I've read it, right? <laughs> I'm sure I've read it. All right. It might on, not be... A, <laughs> Maybe not even keep that in. Has there been any Joag-related kind of content that you've seen this past week? Have you watched anything good? Have you watched any, any horror?
1: Yeah. Well, we both watched uh, Super Dark Times. Wow, I already forgot, huh?
0: No, wait, 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 wait. It's on the tip of my tongue. Hang on. Yeah, we did. We did with a Kid from Ozark. Really fucking good movie.
1: Yeah, yeah. There's a... Uh, um it's an unexpected movie so mm. i think from the from the title i thought that that was kind of a tongue in cheek title i thought it was going to be more of a lighthearted like maybe mm. a dark comedy and it's it's really it's not the kids in it are very likable they're very um there is some lightheartedness yeah. to it but it is a very dark story it yeah. actually is super dark times. so
0: it's available on shudder uk uh follows a tight knit group of friends kind of misfit oddball kids navigating their way through American high school uh, an accidental tragedy befalls them and and, and it's a, a movie about how they deal with that or 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 how they let it deal with them um, yeah. it felt an odd fit for Shudder
1: yeah it's not a horror I movie I said at the time. per se no not at
0: all not at all
1: <laughs> um, I mean there are things in it that are horrific but it's not exactly a horror movie but I think it's no. it's a worthwhile watch really enjoyed mm. that movie um yeah. and also I know I watched something else um oh I watched uh, promising young woman which okay. also was not as horror as I thought it was going to be The trailer makes it look like she's like a serial killer like a dexter of of bad men uh, and that's not that's not actually what it's about so if you're going into promising young woman expecting, mm um a dextery story that is absolutely not what this is a very complicated feelings about this film. I think maybe people should see it um okay. but it's hard to watch. there's a lot of you know violence against women a lot of uh, non-consensual or I don't know weird um gray consent things in it on purpose deliberately uh you know she's a a woman who kind of lures nice guys from bars uh to teach them a lesson about taking home drunk girls and trying to take advantage of them you know so she's kind of yeah that's and it's you know because of something that happened to a friend of hers when she was in med school so it's it's like a revenge Mm -hmm. film essentially um but it's yeah, it's you'll have very complicated f- feelings when you finish it. It's hard to say like, did I like it? Did I not like it? Yeah,
0: yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh... intentional, I'm
0: sure. It, it, the the ambiguity, I, I guess, is is.
1: It's hard to say, you know. I, I mean, yes. I don't know. It's it's a very complicated movie. I think people should watch it. I I think I recommend mm. it, but also going into it with the knowledge that you're probably gonna feel icky and you're. I don't know. It's Carrie Mulligan is great. I will say that mm. Carrie Mulligan is really she, well. She is really great.
0: She it. is great. Yeah, she's um, very, very good. As long as that's where the Dexter comparisons end, I, I'm, I'm sure I've gone off on fucking yes. <laughs> how much I, I'm not going to like.
1: Think you know early Dexter, you know. But either way, it's not that. It's not. She is not a serial killer. That's not what this movie is about. It just looked like it from the trailers.
0: I can't wait for the for Dexter to come back, which it is doing.
1: You're going to hate just to see it. How,
0: just, I'll, I'll probably watch the first episode to see how they get him out of the fucking, uh, how how they how they de lumberjack him. How they I was about him.
1: to say un lumberjack. What do you?
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, how, that's all. I, that's all I care about. That's all I care about.
1: Uh, boy, oh, yeah. yeah. Anything else that you? No, I looked at your letterbox. You didn't watch anything else. Did you end up watching that Aubrey Plaza movie? Uh,
0: no, I did not. <laughs> I. <laughs> I watch wrestling instead.
1: <laughs> oh, there you what go. can
0: I tell you? What can I tell you? I, I uh, it was late, and I didn't want to be challenged. <laughs> there you go. I didn't want to do any of the work myself, so I watched some wrestling.
1: <laughs> so maybe some other time. Ingrid Goes mm-hmm. West was the movie, but
0: yes, oh no, and absolutely some other time. I mean, you know my my feelings about Aubrey Plaza, so I will certainly, it's true, uh, if only for that reason, give it. My I've
1: watched so many movies just because I have a crush on a boy. So. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I get it. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. I know, I know. As would she.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so with that, then, uh, those are our recs. This has been our, yeah. our musing on death. Uh, please let us know any thoughts that you have about uh, the question, perhaps, of um, would you like to know when you're going to die? Um, what kind of things you would do if you knew you were going to die? Um,
0: in particular, I'd 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 love it if anyone has any further examples of artists yes. or professionals in any uh, discipline of or of any stripe who've mm-hmm. really got the front foot on the grim reaper and, and checked out under their own terms.
1: Yeah, um, please, in, know. you know,
0: uh, with the knowledge of their own encroaching exit, because it fascinates me. It fascinates the shit out of me.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So hit us up uh, on Twitter. Uh, at Jack of mm. All Graves Instagram, Jack of All Graves Pod, uh, or mm. on our blog, jackofallgraves.com, which also has links to things that we talked about. Uh, you'll be able to see this Picasso picture, which will also be on our Twitter, maybe on our Instagram as well. Let's just go all in, you know, hit everything.
0: Fucking get it out there. Get it out <laughs> there. Um, something that I'm going to do this week that I said I was going to do last week and didn't. Um, I think it's about time we got the ball rolling on the next Joag watch along.
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: Uh, Because I enjoyed the shit out of the communal watch-along of Nightmare Elm Street that we did in December. Uh, So uh, what I'll do this week, I'll put a poll up suggesting some uh, options for our next watch-along. So look out for that, cast your vote, and we'll do that maybe end of this month, start of February, perhaps.
1: Yes, can't wait. It'll be great. Mm. Uh, So keep an eye out, and our Discord is in our link tree. Uh, So you can join us on that and be ready for when we do our next watch along as well. Yeah, Hmm. all right then. Uh, So until next week, hey, stay spooky, friends.
0: Thanks for listening, folks.